Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey, leaders, welcome to episode 43 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. I've entitled this particular episode, Anointing Will Keep You Alive. Now, that word anointing might just throw a few people off um, right off the bat. Let me just give a little bit of a preamble here. Uh, I know we've got some some business leaders. Maybe you're not a person of faith who uh, who listen to this podcast from time to time. And I just want to throw this out there. I'm going to be taking a bit of a deep dive. I'm going to be using a lot of spiritual words. Uh, I'm going to be coming at this particular episode from a spiritual context. So words like anointing and calling and just talking, even uh, sharing some examples from from the Bible, from God's Word. I just want to say that up front because if you're not into that and you don't want to hear that's just not your cup of tea, then uh, you you can always feel free to shut this particular episode off and pick it up uh, uh, on another episode. But I wanted to throw that out there right from the start because I know we do have all sorts of various leaders who listen to this. All right, let's let's take a, a dive into this. Anointing will keep you alive. So some of you who know me, know my story, will know that my grandfather passed away back in April of uh, 2021. And a uh, very sad time, but um, if you knew my grandfather, you also know that this man is a beast, was a beast. He, he had been admitted to so many hospitals at so many various times of his life. He was 91 when he passed, and um, he just continued to have this zeal and zest for life. He just always kept going. I think this particular time that he ended up in the hospital was like his fourth or fifth heart attack. He's had uh, bypass surgeries. He's had diabetes. He's had hip replacements, uh, gallbladders, like he, you name it, and he's been in the hospital for it. And as I look back and had a chance back uh, in April to just reflect over his life and his legacy and the and the uh, just the way that he lived and conducted himself. I mean, it was even it was a year ago this summer. Uh, I remember having a conversation. He would have been ninety at the time. I remember having a conversation with him in my parents' driveway. Uh, he had come over just to say hi. We were home uh, visiting, and um, I, I just remember him saying, "You know." Uh, I was asking him how he's feeling. He said, "Oh, I feel great. You know, I'd I'd still take a church if somebody would let me have one." And and that was just kind of his heart. He was a, a minister in the PAOC for years, and uh, he just never could retire. He could never fully quit. And uh, whether it, whether it was sharing the gospel in a coffee shop with somebody or helping assist uh, uh, a lead pastor in an associate role in his late eighties, um, he it just never ceased to amaze me just the fact of, of how Gramps would always continue to keep going. And and I really do believe, as I look back over his life, and I, we've often asked ourselves as his family members, um, what kept Gramps going? Like, how did he stay, like, he seemed to have like nine lives. Like, he just, you know, you'd think this was going to be it, and we were going to have to say goodbye here on earth, and yet he'd pull through once again. He just had that tenacity to keep going, that perseverance. And as I was thinking about that, I think one of my favorite stories that uh, I heard secondhand, it was actually uh, the former district superintendent of the Western Ontario District, uh, told me this story back when he was serving as the superintendent. 
my grandfather was pastoring a little church up north in Western Ontario, and uh, superintendent was was telling me of a time he remembers when he had called my grandfather up because the church was not doing well financially. It was just going through a real struggle, real tough times, and I don't think they were even able to pay my my grandfather and grandmother a full salary. And so uh, superintendent was telling me, as the story goes, that he called my grandfather up and said, hey, hey, Don, that's my grandfather's name. Hey, Don, um, I'm thinking of coming up there to see you. I know it's been a difficult season for you, and I'd like to bring something just financially. What what can we do to help? Uh, I know it's a real struggle there in the church right now, and so uh, we want to help out and make ends meet and make sure your needs are taken care of. And he, he, the superintendent goes on to tell me of my grandfather's response, which just kind of blows me away. And at the same time, it, it makes me kind of proud of just the man that he was. Um, and, and he said, my grandfather responded without missing, without skipping a beat. He said, well, thank you, Mr. Superintendent. That's, that's so gracious of you. But I think we're actually all right. He said, uh, you know, strangely enough, I've been um, I've been driving stock cars, racing stock cars on Saturday night at the local speedway here, and uh, who knew it? But I'm actually pretty good, and so I've been winning enough prize money to keep us going here, and we're we're just fine. So you don't need to do that. And uh, this just blew that superintendent away. As he, he couldn't believe it. My grandfather was in his 60s, I believe, at the time, still racing stock cars on Saturday nights. I actually remember as a kid going up to watch him race, and he was good. He wasn't lying. He wasn't being arrogant. He actually was good. He, he was very good. Um, and him and my dad both used to race back when they were younger, and so he had picked up this hobby again, and it was enough to make ends meet. And I say all that, I share this story of my grandfather, you might be thinking, okay, what's the deal? Um, Why are you talking about this? And I I share that to say, I believe at the end of the day, it was my grandfather's anointing that kept him alive. Even beyond stock car racing, even beyond into his 70s and 80s, why he couldn't fully retire? Because it was his anointing that kept him going. How did he, how did he manage to overcome five heart attacks and so many near-death experiences? Well, I believe it was his anointing. He didn't believe that his his time was done yet. He still had purpose and he saw that and he got up every single morning with that drive, that purpose to live out his calling, his anointing. And so I want to suggest that idea and unpack that thought for the next few minutes and just suggest that your anointing, that's kind of the bottom line I want to give you today, is that your anointing will keep you alive. I think too often we lose sight of our passion, especially when we go through difficult times. To suggest that this pandemic, I don't know when you're listening to this particular episode, but as it's being recorded, this is August of 2021, and we've been through this crazy COVID pandemic. And it's been, it's, to say it's been difficult is a, is a real massive understatement. Uh, I, I don't think there are any leaders out there who haven't had a moment or two where they've questioned their why, their call, their anointing. And in the midst of difficult times, it can be very easy for our why to fade and for comfort very quickly to become a God again in our lives. And we start worshiping the God, small g, of comfort. And we just want to do things and we look for ways to make ourselves comfortable because, hey, let's face it, none of us like uncertainty. None of, none of us thrive in uncertainty. And so we, we all 
do whatever we can. Sometimes it's an automatic response, a knee-jerk reaction to try and find some form of certainty, some form of com- that will comfort us in the midst of so much uncertainty. And when this happens, we can forget that God has anointed us for this. Just think about it. I've said this to so many leaders over the past year and a half. Just think about it. That this is pretty this if this doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. That that God, the creator of the universe, saw this coming. He's not shocked by this. I'm not saying he made it happen, but he's not shocked by it. He knew it was coming, this whole COVID thing, this pandemic thing that would shake the world. He saw that. And he saw you and I, and he handpicked us, chose us, our generation, to be in positions of leadership for such a time as this. I think of Esther back in the Old Testament, and Mordecai said to her, for such a time as this, perhaps God has put you in there as queen for such a time as this. Well, just perhaps God has put you in your position of leadership, whatever that looks like today, for such a time as this. And I, I want to... I go to to God's word, not just Esther, the story, the book of Esther. I, I want to look at David for a second. And uh, David's this, this really um, just interesting guy in the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with the Bible at all, we find King David in the Old Testament. And David's story in a snapshot is basically this overlooked small kid was ended up being anointed to be the next king. Of, of Israel, even though he was overlooked by man and by his dad and brothers. And so David's anointed to be the next king. He ends up being king, and very early on in his kingship, it was tough. I mean, he ended up um, running for his life uh, from his, his uh, predecessor, King Saul, who just treated him so nasty, but David refused to touch the Lord's anointed. He actually says that in the book of 1 Samuel, how dare I touch the Lord's anointed, even though he had an opportunity to take this guy out to kill him. And Saul was after his life trying to kill David. David has an opportunity to take him out. And all of his advisors advise David to do that very thing, to take him out. And what does David say? Uh-uh, not going to do it. How dare I touch the Lord's anointed? And that, that's such a powerful story. And then you move on even further, and David ends up in, in Gath. And he remember, he's, on, he's, he's right in the midst of running for his life from King Saul. He ends up in Gath, and he meets this King Achish. And he meets their servants even before he meets the king. He meets their servants who immediately say, hey, isn't this David king of the king of the land. Now that's powerful in and of itself because it actually hasn't been publicly announced yet that David's going to be the next king. He's been anointed before his brothers, before the priest Samuel, but he has it hasn't been publicly announced yet, yet these guys already recognize the anointing that's on David's life. Here's the truth. When you're anointed, you don't need to announce it. Others will recognize it in you and on you because God has chosen you. God has anointed you. And God appoints you for such a time as this in your anointing. And then what happens is other people begin to recognize that. They begin announcing it before you ever have to because they see it all over your life. And I think that's so cool. Right here in 1 Samuel 21, we we actually find that happening with these servants of King Achish. So we move on and and David gets scared as soon as these guys tell, hey, this is king of the land. This is King David. So David gets kind of freaked out. He's like, whoa, how do these guys know who I am? And he's thinking that King Achish is going to kill him now that he knows he's king of Israel. 
And so immediately, what does David do? He starts to protect the anointing. And so immediately, this is actually found in the Bible. we got some crazy stories in the Old Testament. If you don't like the Old Testament, I encourage you to have a second look at it because it's powerful. It's crazy. There's some weird, wild, wacky stories in there. And so David immediately starts acting like a psycho. The, the Bible says, this is, this is truth. I'm speaking facts. This is no cap, as the cool kids would say. Um, he starts completely acting like a fool, humiliating himself in front of any bystanders, in front of King Achish. The Bible says he actually starts foaming at the mouth, acting like a, a, a madman to save himself, to protect the anointing. That's why he's doing this. Why? Because he knows he's anointed. And he knew by doing this, the king would just write him off and overlook him and go, this guy's out of his mind. Get him out of my presence. And that's exactly what happens. King Achish says to his servants, get this madman out of here. I don't know who this is or why you brought him in here, but this is no king. So get him out of here. And David manages, by acting like a complete psycho, manages to protect the anointing that's on his life. What does this mean for us? Now I realize this pandemic has been so tough on all of us. And I want to remind you today, whenever and wherever you're listening to this, that you have been anointed. If you're in a position of leadership, ministry leadership, church leadership, God has actually anointed you. Even beyond that, doesn't matter what your context of leadership. Maybe you're a vocational leader. You're leading a business, or you're in. Maybe you're a parent. That is a form of leadership. John Maxwell defines leadership as influence. And so, anytime you have influence. By virtue of your influence, that makes you a leader. Whether you want to recognize, whether you accept that or not, you are a leader. And so I want you to know today as a leader that you are anointed to lead in the area where God has put you to lead. Regardless of what that looks like inside the church, outside the church, it doesn't matter. God's anointed you for such a time as this. And nothing about this pandemic or anything that's brought about has come as a shock to God, like I said earlier. Nothing has shocked him. He knew this was coming. And knowing what he knows, he still chose you and I. Like, I can't say it enough. I can't stress it enough. That should blow our minds today. The fact that God chose you and I for such a time as this. And there's actually power in just reminding yourself of that today. Not just reminding yourself, but knowing that you're anointed will also keep you It'll keep you passionate. Just a couple things that, that knowing that you're anointed will keep you. The first is it'll keep you passionate. On those days it's tough to get out of bed, you come back to the fact that you've been anointed for this. That is your why. Why do you get out of bed? Why do I get out of bed? I get out of bed to help develop healthy leaders because healthy leaders develop healthy ministry. That's why I get out of bed every morning to, to do things like this podcast because my heart is to help develop healthy leaders across this nation, and specifically church leaders. But I know others in, in business and outside of business are benefiting from this. And so that's why I open it up to those and invite others to join in and listen. But primarily, my heart is to develop healthy church leaders because then, once you're healthy, you just have, you're set up to actually develop healthy ministries. And uh, that's what I want to see happen across this nation. I, I get that some days are easier than others to, to get out of bed. 
but it's on those tough days. You got to dig deep. You got to bring it back to the core of why you're in this. Bring it back to your anointing. Why has God chosen you for this? Why did he pick you out of an ordinary life to live extraordinarily for him? Why did he choose you? And on those days that it's tough, and I'm not suggesting for a second that that means just because you dig deep that all the feelings are going to show up and you'll be like, okay, that's good. I'm good to go now. Sometimes you go through seasons where it's days upon days, weeks, even months, where it's just a struggle every single day, where you've got to stay and, and struggle to stay passionate, to keep that passion alive of your anointing. But anointing will help you when you constantly remind yourself, nope, I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to believe my feelings because I know my feelings at times will lead me astray. I'm going to dig deep into my faith that says God has chosen me. He's called me. He's anointed me for this. And that anointing will keep you passionate. Another thing that anointing will do when you remind yourself constantly that you've been anointed is it keeps you progressing, keeps you developing, keeps you growing. I realize this may not be where you thought you'd be right now in the midst of a pandemic, if you're listening to this real time, the, the moment this was launched, September 1, I realize that. But when you know that you're anointed, you keep moving forward because progression is what we choose over perfection. It's not about being perfect. It's about continually progressing. Uh, I've been trying to help my youngest daughter in uh, gymnastics. She wants to do a front handspring. And so we've been working on that. And there's many times where she gets so defeated and she's ready to give up. Yet every time we come back to the mat and we practice and we go over it, I keep telling her, it's not about being perfect. It's about progression over perfection. Are you progressing? Are you getting better, stronger, than, closer than you did the last time that we got the mat out and practiced this? And she looks at me, you know, with her big lip out and she says, yeah. I said, well, then that's all that matters. Then we're moving towards being able to complete this thing that you want to complete. It's about continually progressing, not about being perfect, not about perfection. And so I have to continually remind her, and it's the same for us. Wherever you find yourself, whatever leadership context you find yourself, I encourage you to work on you today. What can you do to work on yourself? What can you do to keep progressing, moving the ball forward closer to that anticipated target, that dream, that goal, whatever it is for you? Not about doing it perfectly. If you want to do it perfectly, then just tap out now because you are wasting your time and you're 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 headed down just a, a really dark path that doesn't really go anywhere productive. And so I want to remind you, progression over perfection, and anointing will help you remember that. Anointing will keep you progressing even when it's tough. I realize there's so much uncertainty around us right now, heading back into this fall especially, but there are still some things you can be certain of as a leader who's been anointed, called to this, certain. One thing we can be certain of, God is still good. Another thing we can be certain of as faith leaders That God is still on the throne. He's still very much in control. He knows what he's doing. He's not shocked by any of this. Another thing we can be certain of is the Great Commission is still the same. Regardless of cultural context, regardless of what our world looks like, regardless of whether it'll be online or in physical present together in the same room, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. The mission is still the same that God has invited us to join him on. And that is to go and make disciples. Come on, somebody. The third thing, that anointing, when you know you're anointed, it it keeps you protecting that anointing. 
keeps you passionate, it keeps you progressing, but it also keeps you protecting it. David protected his anointing at all costs. Didn't matter what other people thought of him. He didn't mind looking like a madman, foaming at the mouth, literally acting like he's insane. You got to do what you got to do to protect your anointing at all costs. One of the challenges of leadership is, is quick success. So quick that your character actually hasn't had proper time to grow and develop at the same pace that your charisma and your competence is taking you. Uh, there's all sorts of examples of that in our world today. I mean, just recently they launched the uh, the mini-series, mini-podcast series called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And I've been listening to that. And it, it's some of it's just scary for us as leaders. Like, we need to take this stuff to heart. And it can be so scary when leaders can very quickly start to assume that the success is based upon themselves, based upon their giftings, based upon their abilities, their talents. And then what happens is that leader starts operating under a different set of rules the higher they climb. And that's when you run into some some very, very, yeah, just some very scary situations. And uh, you've got to remember who called you. At the end of the day, it wasn't you who got into this. It wasn't you who elevated you. It wasn't you who put the gifts. It was God. God is the one who anointed you. God is the one who chose you. And he may have chosen you because of some of those gifts he put inside you. But he knew those were there and he put them there. And so, yes, we need to fan them into flame. Yes, we need to grow and develop in those things. That's our responsibility to be good stewards of those gifts, those talents. But it's God who gave them to us. And not because we deserved it, not because we earned it. It's only by his grace. And so we've got to guard that anointing by continuing to repent, remain daily repenting. We've talked about that on this podcast before. It was an interview back with Mark Caldwell who mentioned that and just talked about just the daily habit of constantly repenting. And we got to remain accountable uh, to, to those we serve and those around us and never isolate yourselves from accountability. Uh, that's when you head into some scary territory as well. And so I want to encourage you to, to continually be reminded. I hope this, this particular episode is just... All I, all I really wanted to accomplish in this episode is just an encouragement, just a, a bit of a reminder as we head back into fall of 2021 in the midst of still some uncertainty going back into the fall. I want you to remember of one thing you can be certain of, and that is that God chose you. He's anointed you. And when you remember that, it will keep you passionate. It will keep you progressing and it will keep you protecting your anointing. Listen, if there was ever a time in history when the church needed some anointed leaders to lead humanity into what's next, that time is now. There was ever a time in history when the world needed some anointed leaders to lead businesses, to lead organizations, to lead nonprofits, to lead their area of influence, to lead their families into what's next. That time is now. And so we desperately need some leaders who are still passionate, willing to progress, and protect their anointing, whatever the cost. This is not the time to quit, leaders. Your call wasn't seasonal, and this world needs you. People need you. Your family needs you. Your business needs you. Your church needs you. Your community needs you. David was God's plan for what was next for Israel, and you're part of his plan for what's next in your context of leadership. 
And so I, I, I really do hope and pray that this, um, this encourages you in some way, shape, or form today as we head back into uh, this, this weird season of, uh, of leadership as we look upon fall of 2021. So until next time, I, I really do hope that you understand and realize just how vital, how important your leadership is. Your, re- your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.